Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ukraine's President Zelensky is in Washington, D.C., hoping to make his case for help for Ukraine with U.S. funding and help on hold. President Biden extended the invitation at what the White House is calling a critical time with Ukraine aid caught up in a congressional debate over the border here at home. Zelensky will meet with President Biden and with congressional leaders. The White House has warned time and money are running out as Ukraine fights off Russia. Yep, a year ago when he showed up, it was uh, nonstop standing ovations and every U.S. senator wanted to picture with Zelensky because it looked so good to be next to him and now according to reporting I saw this morning a number of senators are saying yeah I'd like to meet you if you I've got an appointment I'm sorry maybe next time that's, that's how, interesting that's how quickly things can change some of it I think a lot of it is just our attention turned toward Israel I mean if we're if you're if you're part of the crowd that's rooting for and wanting to fund an underdog you've chosen Israel since October 7th and I guess we can only follow one story at once as uh, human beings. I think there's a little more to it than that, too. The counteroffensive really didn't accomplish very much. It's looking increasingly like a long-term quagmire. People will fund a victory before they'll fund a, a, a never-ending quagmire. But if you fund it like it's designed to be a never-ending quagmire, what is that? Yeah, I see your point. It's one you made before. Why the dribbling out of resources? As many people have made the point that we have given them just enough not to lose. Okay, and then you're going to, at the end of that, say, well, you weren't winning, so we're going to cut it off. What? Yeah, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess this is new. I haven't heard this. This is Mike Johnson. He's the Speaker of the House, whether you knew it or not, on the uh, funding and the border and all that from this morning. So I've made this very clear. Again, from the very beginning, when I it was handed the gavel, we needed clarity on what we're doing in Ukraine and how we'll have proper oversight of the spending of precious taxpayer dollars and the American citizens, and we needed a transformative change at the border. Okay, got more on that coming up, and uh, I don't know if that's what he actually believes or if he feels like he's being 
pushed that direction by his constituents or whatever. And I have the same question here about J.D. Vance. He's a Republican senator from the state of Ohio, and he said this yesterday. You have people in this town saying we need to cut Social Security. There are people who would cut Social Security, throw our grandparents into poverty. Why? So that one of Zelensky's ministers can buy a bigger yacht? Kiss my ass, Steve. It's not happening. That is one of the worst, most dishonest, morally and logically bankrupt things I've ever heard in my life much less out of J.D. Vance. That was a steaming pile of ass. Well, and if you're thinking that way yourself, a good piece you should read in the Washington Post today from Mark Thiessen, if you don't know his act, he is a Republican and he is a fiscal conservative. He cares about money and his headline is Ukraine AIDS secret. Most of the money stays in the United States. I'll read you a little bit from his article. Here is the best kept secret about U.S. military aid to Ukraine. Most of the money is being spent here in the United States. That's right. Funds that lawmakers approve to arm Ukraine are not going directly to Ukraine, but are being used stateside to build new weapons or to replace weapons sent to Kiev from U.S. stockpiles. Of the $68 billion in military and related assistance Congress has approved since Russia invaded Ukraine, almost 90% is going to Americans, analysts have found. This is from fiscal conservative Republican Mark Thiessen. That is correct. But you wouldn't know that from the actions of some U.S. lawmakers. When Ohio Senator J.D. Vance joined a United Auto Workers picket line in October at the Jeep assembly plant in Toledo, he said he wanted to show some support for the UAW workers in his state, yet he has not shown the same solidarity with the UAW workers in Lima, Ohio, who are churning out Abrams tanks and striker combat vehicles for Ukraine, thanks to the military aid that Congress has approved. Vance opposes Ukraine aid, as does Representative Jim Jordan, whose House district includes Lima. The point being, if you care about United Auto Workers making, you know, Ford's Chevy pickups, whatever, how about them making tanks? Because they're getting paid the same way and the money's flowing into their own plant. Yeah, I don't think that's a reason to fund Ukraine, but it's certainly a fact that people ought to be aware of. Well, okay, it's not a reason to fund Ukraine, but it is a pushback against the argument to not fund Ukraine. His argument was mm-hmm. specifically that we're giving money to Ukraine so they can buy uh, boats and uh, and vacation houses. That part was idiotic. The part about people want to take money from your grandmother. Uh, anybody who suggests reforming Social Security, that was idiotic and dishonest? That was That was a horror. J.D. Vance is dead to me. Dead to me. Doing Steve Bannon's podcast, please. A lot of profit in that uh, end of the ideological spectrum. A lot of profit. Well, so what drove... We read the transcript last week from that closed-door meeting. What drove Mitch McConnell? They had a big meeting in the Senate to talk about funding for Ukraine. It got started. You got the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. You got the Secretary of Defense. You got all the players in talking about funding a war... And Mitch McConnell said, I think our biggest problem is the border. And immediately turned it over to somebody else, and they started talking about the border. And Mitt Mm -hmm. Romney was actually yelling at people, and Lindsey Graham was yelling at people. So is that In favor of focusing on the border. In favor of focusing on the border. How dare you talk about aid for Ukraine when we've got this problem at the border. So, and we should should control the border. I agree with that a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. So are they just, well, what's going on there? What do you think is going on there? I think it might be as simple as, oh, you really, really want that? Well, there's something we really, really want, and you've been ignoring us. So you want yours? Okay, then you got to give us ours. It's just leverage. Well, that's a scary thing to use as leverage, though. I th- I think Chuck Schumer was right, and he said, 
Ronald Reagan would be spinning in his grave right now? Because we're not pushing back against the Soviet Union slash Russia. I agree. I agree. Uh, At the same time, there's part of me, and I'm not exactly proud of it, but there's part of me that thinks the border thing is an obscenity. I mean, it's it's, it's unforgivable. It is unforgivable, and uh, Joe Biden will not be forgiven at the uh, election time, November. No, indeed. Um, and, And it's awfully tempting to use that leverage I was describing. God, if I'm Trump, I hammer the border thing every time I'm asked what time it is. Or do you think it'll rain today? (laughs) Yeah, well, I have a feeling he will, more or less, to the extent that he's going to have to campaign at all. If if, uh, old man Badahatta-Kefcare runs, uh, Trump's not even going to have to give a speech. He can go to Mar-a-Lago and play golf. All right. Okay, so uh, what was the other thing I wanted to jam in here? I had something that was going to transition to, uh, what was it? Uh, it was going to be great. Oh, it was going to yes. flow like a river. There it is. I brought this up last hour. I wanted to finish this off because we got a text. So my son, who is going to be 12 in a few days, wants to work out regularly because he's so into football. He said, when he join a gym, he wants to swim too. I thought, cool, we'll join a gym. So I called up to join the gym and found out he can't work out at the gym because you have to be 16. I said, you have to be 16? He said, is that common? He said, oh, yeah, every gym is that way. Uh, Why? He said, liability reasons. Okay. So, as I mentioned the other day, I've been getting emails from the hospital that we're associated with that your son is about to turn 12. You need to download all his records because once he turns 12, you will no longer have access to his vaccination records and all that sort of stuff. Right, because you might beat him if he gets an abortion. So I live in a world where a 12-year-old ha- has their own private access to their medical records, and I don't as a parent, but he can't work out at a gym. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he can't pick up a couple of dumbbells and do a few curls. That's correct. I just, I, I just, I, this sort of stuff makes me, like, actually makes me crazy. Like, makes me want to knock things over and yell. Yes. I, I, have, trouble yeah, accept- I have trouble accepting it. Yeah. I mean, well, I, have you tried, I don't know, knocking things over and yelling? <laughs> Maybe you should do it. What I always say about the liability stuff is nobody wants it to be like this. Nobody. And right. it didn't used to be like this. What changed? That's the question I always ask. What changed? How, how, Letting lawyers advertise. You didn't used to be able to sue somebody if your kid dropped a dumbbell on their toe. You didn't get to well, sue no, the gym. Nobody would think of it. But then you Why got the, would you? But then you got the problem of if my son, even if if I wouldn't sue the gym, if I take him to the emergency room with a crushed toe, and I'm honest about what happened, my insurance company will sue the gym so that they sure. don't have to pay for it. Well, that didn't mm-hmm. used to happen either. How do we get out of this mess? I, I don't know. <laughs> I want my kid to be able to jump on a trampoline at a, at a friend's house. But the I but the insurance know. companies and lawyers won't let it happen. How do we get out of this? Uh, well, at, at the risk of using some of the hot phrases of our time, uh, uh, our legal system is downstream of our culture. 
I think for a while it, that wasn't true because of the, the, the change back in the 70s or 80s when lawyers could start advertising and they started drumming up business and started convincing everybody that every evil that befell them was reason to sue somebody. Now, that's become so ingrained in the culture, I think you can't change the legal system without changing the culture, and that's a hard thing to do. You, you've you got to get people to re-internalize the idea that, hey, bad stuff happens, and you get on with your life. You don't look for it to who's suable. You just get on with it. Second, like my oldest son, who uh, watches all these uh, YouTube shows about people that go to junkyards and find parts for old cars and stuff like that, he wanted to go to a junkyard. We went, and I found out you can't go into a junkyard unless you're 16 or 17, depending on the junkyard. Why? He's going to be with me. Yeah, because... Liability. Liability. Hey, speaking of him being able to lift weights and that sort of thing, now's a perfect time. Let's play number 11 again. Clip number 11, Michael. Enjoy this. Like a tattoo of this really awesome Chinese symbol that I saw. We're definitely going to need your parents to come sign off on this. It's my body, my choice. You're 14. Take it from me. You're going to regret it one day. All right. Can I just buy some of those cigarettes? No way. Smoking is so bad for you. How about a beer? No. A vape pen? No. A lighter? Not in this state. Can I rent a car? Sorry. Bottle of cough syrup? What are you, a drunk? Fireworks? You might blow yourself up. That Ruger GP100 and a box of 38 special? You might shoot your eye out. Can I just, I don't know, like get an irreversible gender surgery? No problem. We'll get started right away. Oh, uh, cool. I don't need my parents' permission. Of course not. What if they're not affirming? That might be perfect. Yeah, it's pretty good. I that might be perfect commentary. This is very, very good. I realize it's apples and oranges, but the fact that I cannot access my kid's medical records when he turns 12 as the parent who decides whether or not he goes to the doctor and when and all that sort of stuff. But he also can't work out at a gym because he's 12. It's just all weird, man. Well, he might not seek treatment for gonorrhea if you have to know about it, so it'll make him blind and insane. Well, is he That's gonna, the reason. Is he going to drive social engineering? Is he going to drive himself to the doctor and then show my insurance card to get in? I mean, how's that going to Ex- work? Exactly, and then get treatment for the gonorrhea. It's <laughs> <laughs> the intent of the law. Well, and or he can get an abortion without you beating him. Oh boy, that is something. Blue states. Funny that people are fleeing them. It's odd. Uh, comment anytime you want. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. reiterate this poll number that you mentioned yesterday just because as i'm taking in news coverage you, you need to know this as a backdrop to what you're hearing in the news 55 percent of americans say israel is taking military action needed to defend itself only 25 percent say israel's going too far only 25 percent of americans say israel's going too far that is not what you'd get from watching the evening news it's more than two to one yeah yeah so it's not even close at least right now. Well, and again, and this is not attempting to leap to a conclusion or back up my particular stance in this. I just think humankind is going to have to come to terms with what does war look like when it's all being taped on people's phones? What is what does a victory look like if the vanquished are recording it and posting it on TikTok? Does victory look so horrific and violent that? We can't even permit somebody to win a war? I don't I don't think that's the way it's going to go. If we'd have had the this kind of updating as we were demolishing Japan in uh, March of 45 or Germany, sure. There were starving Germans in the streets. There were people driven out of their homes then driven out of their shelter over and over again. There was misery. Okay, I got a treat for you. You ready for this, Joe? Oh, that's what I need, a treat. So, uh, I'm trying to decide whether this is fair or not. Like, I have so little respect for Kamala Harris that uh, it sounds ridiculous to me. But maybe maybe she's just saying normal things and I've got so so much prejudice against her because she's a woman mm. and because she's a person of color. That I, So, uh, if I understand what's happening here, I either get to kick Kamala Harris or you. <laughs> It's a win-win for you. <laughs> anyway, this is—it's it. her and her husband. Would they call him the first husband or the second? The man? second man, I believe. 
Call him Kamala Harris' freaking husband. I don't know. Anyway, uh, they're doing a Hanukkah message, and uh, this is just a little bit of it. Hey, everybody. We're here to talk about one of our favorite holidays in our big modern family. Hanukkah. And why do you love Hanukkah? I love Hanukkah because it really is about the light and bringing light where there has been darkness. And there is so much work to be done in the world to bring light. And it is a celebration of always Tikkun Alam, which is about fighting for justice and, and fighting for the dignity of all people. And it's about rededication. Um, well, it's, it's her characteristic... Okay, you've got an inch. Do you have two inches of reasoning or a foot? No, no, no. Still at an inch. We're still we're staying at an inch, folks. So yeah, it was entirely platitudinous. Is she capable of saying anything other than that sort of thing? It's about the I've, light. I've not heard and it. the world needs more light because there's so much darkness. <laughs> and we have so much work to do to bring what's a synonym for light? Justice. And light to the world. It's like, so am, I, so am I just so prejudiced against her? Would that sound perfectly okay coming out of somebody else's mouth? No, she's a half-wit. All right. At best. That's generous. <laughs> she may- you know, once... One thing that's being left out of the discussion of the college presidents and the wokeness and all the rest of it is nobody's learning anything. More on that to come. Want to hear that? Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Probably very state by state or maybe hospital by hospital, but I got a text saying my child is about to enter the age age 12 where whenever I go to the doctor now, they will always ask if it's okay if the parent stays in the room. I brought him here. I am astounded by this since my kids are grown. I can't believe this is real. Am I watching some weird movie? Some odd society or future time? So I drove him here. It was my idea. But you're going to ask him if it's okay if I stay in the room. <laughs> if I didn't I'm want you to know. I'm for all this. Yeah. I'm their legal guardian. Uh, I have a moral, uh, financial, uh, religious, uh, legal uh, responsibility for everything they do. And you're asking him <laughs> if I can stay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mean, we're, we're laughing because it's so astounding. Yeah. Anyway, as you've probably gotten the idea, I, Joe uh, Getty, could go on for hours and hours and hours about the um, utterly bankrupt cult that's taken hold of American education, including college campuses. But I'll give you a break for a moment um, to just look at a couple of practicalities. Uh, and and uh, this is not, uh, I'm not a nihilist about these things, but I try to be a realist about them. And we have an enormous problem with education in the country. But I'm looking at the accusation that that Harvard president, uh, Gay Claudine, is that her name? Gay? Um, that she's a plagiarist. And I'm looking at the examples, and they look like something I would have done as an undergrad, but this was in her PhD. I mean, copying whole paragraphs and just changing a couple of words. That sort of thing. And you're supposed to cite that. You're supposed to have a note and quote you know, that you lifted somebody else's thinking. Yeah, well, as, as Charles Cook said in the National Review today, I'm more disturbed by the stuff she didn't plagiarize than the stuff she did. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's funny. That's great, right? I love Charlie Cook. Um, I'm reminded of uh, one of the cleverest things that was ever said in history, and I believe this was documented that Lincoln said this after an author sent him a book. And, and Lincoln said to him, your book is both good and original. Unfortunately, the part that's good isn't original, and the part that's original isn't good. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, she is clearly a plagiarist. Um, uh, I, I, you know, uh, yeah, I'm not into the whole academia churning out research papers. Oh, I've been published in this, that, and the other. The whole thing seems very phony to me, um, and I never had any patience for it. That's why I got done with school and got the hell out. Um, but yeah, she's clearly one of them. Oh, and she's had an astonishingly low output for an academic, too. She, But as I made the point the other day, and it's so obvious, she's where she is because she's a forceful adherent to the cult. It's not about academics. It's about are you down with the identitarian cult, the critical theory cult. 
Anyway, that case is closed as far as I'm concerned, and I don't care that much. This intrigued me. Elon Musk, who's one of the most complex characters ever to stride the earth, there are days I think he's just an idiot or wildly, hey, Elon, or wildly misguided. Then there's some days I think, my gosh, we need this guy. He tweeted, when was this? Yesterday. Very simple. SpaceX and Tesla have noticed a meaningful degradation in the capability of U.S. college graduates over the past several years. And I'm sure he would know. And what's really interesting to me is uh, when we talk about how colleges aren't teaching, I mean, great inflation. The kids are studying less. They're spending less time in, in, in class. The teachers are teaching less. They're spending less time working. All the trend lines are going in the same direction. But I've always said, you know, but that's I'm mostly talking about the humanities and the so-called soft sciences, which are just bull crap. Um, but I assumed like engineering and math and computer science and stuff were exceptions to that rule but i suppose great inflation is great inflation mm-hmm. so i found that interesting um and then uh gad sod who's a really interesting guy he's an academic as he makes clear and i didn't need to say uh he was responding to that x can we go back to calling it twitter elon i know you had pretty good reasoning for changing the name but Anyway, uh, he says, as a professor of 30 years, I concur with Elon Musk. I sat in a meeting where professors were stating that post-COVID, it was too traumatic to have students sit still for an entire lecture. It was too anxiety-inducing for them to take exams. It was too challenging for them to take lecture notes. This is not the way to train students. Infinite coddling is never the way. Students must be taught to be anti-fragile, which is a term I love and I don't hear enough. Don't be anti-racist, be anti-fragile, intrinsically motivated, intellectually curious, committed to critical thinking, etc. It's disturbing because it's so self-evidently true and obvious that a, a learned academic has to say this out loud. Yes, yeah, students should be taught to be resilient and curious and committed to critical thinking. I was trying to think, are there any market forces? I don't think there are. <sighs> Are there any market forces that will correct this if kids are learning less? I suppose over a great period of time. Yeah. It, uh-huh. it, 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 well, it already has. As I talked about a couple of weeks ago, Halloween night, I'm walking around with a bunch of dads, and I was shocked by even in my university town, the dads that are saying, no, I'm not going to send my kid to college unless he wants to learn this specific thing. Yeah, the only good news in this, I think, is the plunging poll numbers of who considers a college education worth it. Right. Those numbers have plummeted. Right. So if kids aren't going, they'll have to find a way to convince it's it's worthwhile. Right. And I think employers and others will increasingly say, I don't care if you have a college degree. I've hired plenty of people with colleges degrees, college degrees. They don't know to come in out of the rain. Yeah, the only thing so, they're going to do for my company is cause HR problems. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well said. Yeah. Um, so I think that the market forces will slowly go to work, but also, and and this fills my heart with hope, and I hate hope, because only if you have hope can you be disappointed. <laughs> I um, hate hope. That might be our quote of the year. <laughs> 
that the the Joe culture <laughs> the the culture is saying to colleges we're not going to give you 40 grand a year to do nothing for our kid except give them a piece of paper that society increasingly recognizes is worthless so in spite of the best efforts of the mainstream media and, and the political left i credit americans with being more clear-eyed than than i thought they were yeah yeah. I mean, it's 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 about a tragedy, an expensive tragedy. But at least they're not deluding themselves about the uh, the expensive tragedy. At least they're recognizing it. Anyway, I loved some of the comments to that post and the uh, uh, so Elon responds to Gad Saad, yes. And then this uh, comment from Joseph Sobron, whose work I don't know, but he's an educator. In 100 years, we have gone from teaching Latin and Greek in high school to teaching remedial English in college. That is 100% true. That is not an exaggeration at any level. And then I don't know Craig Chamberlain's work, but he says this might be a good time to remind everyone that college sells a product, not a destiny. How good is that? I had to stop and think about it. College sells a product, not a destiny. Because Obama and others, when they insisted everybody needed to go to college, which was just idiotic and pretentious like so much of Obama's act, um, it, it became every kid who wanted to have a successful life had to go to college because going to college gave you the destiny of being a successful professional in America. Well, no, because it's so dumbed down now, it doesn't. You're getting a product, and it's a crappy product. Well, and the thing that I'm so happy about is that culturally, the the tide is definitely turned where I feel, you know, it's never going to bother me. I'm a certain kind of person <laughs> anyway. But um, uh, I would be very comfortable saying out loud in any crowd when my kids are older, no, they're not going to college. Whereas, you know, up until fairly recently... In certain circles, that's not something you'd want to say out loud. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. terrible. They're not going to college. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I love some more of these comments. Like the, this one young woman who's a chemist says, my God, how pathetic. What do they suggest? Just have all students pass without any real exams? Um, that's what high school diplomas are. Absolutely. Why wouldn't college diplomas be? This is how to ruin a country by ruining its education, she writes, and I think uh, she's absolutely correct. True that. You know, I've told this story before, but it's worth repeating very, brie uh, very briefly. I can picture precisely where I was in the car with my dad. We were heading to some event at my high school. It was my senior year, and uh, we were talking about college, and I said, yeah, what if I don't want to go to college? He's just talking about which college and where and blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, what if I don't want to go to college? Maybe I don't want to go to college. He said, oh, that's fine. And so ended the discussion of whether I was going to go to college or not. Oh, such a teenager as a teenager. <laughs> right. What if I don't want to? Well, that's fine. Go ahead. All right, then. Maybe I will. <laughs> that's some good parenting. <laughs> um... I've got the, this comes out every year, and we usually like it, the Google end-of-the-year search list. What was the most searched on news story? What was the most searched on celebrity? What was the most searched on this or that? Oh, this you, is always fun. Get yeah. into with that coming up, among other things. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I was going to tell you since it's getting to be Christmas and all, don't send me a Christmas card. Mm -mm. I'm going to throw that in the trash. 
And y'all look so cute and your family dressed up for the occasion and y'all look precious. I'm about to throw in the garbage. So I can't have that clutter laying around here. You know what I'm saying? Send me a digital picture, you know? Send it to me and say, Merry Christmas. No, don't do that either. Just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll see y'all. Don't send me no card. The cynical TikTok crowd. Damn TikTok. Turn down the world. Hope you're happy. So Google is the most popular search engine in America. Actually, I think TikTok is for younger people. But anyway, for the rest of us, Google still is. TikTok's not a search engine. It's videos of people dancing. Apparently, it is a search engine for the younger crowd. Anyway, Google puts out their list every year, the most searched for things on Google. This is the American version. What was the most searched on news story in America? Happened fairly recently, but it was uh, number one for the year. Israel attacks slash Gaza war. Mm. Not surprising. The number two, that uh, submarine that got stuck down there by the Titanic and the people died. Ah, the the scarification, the implosion, yes. Um, One, two, three of the top six are all hurricanes. I don't believe I've ever Googled a hurricane. Uh, The Turkey earthquake was number three. There you go. Most searched people on Google this past year. The Turkey earthquake, really? Yeah. The most searched for person. When I tell you, you might not be surprised. I'll count them. Um, number five, Travis Kelsey. That's because all the Taylor Swift fans wanted to know who her boyfriend was. Um, might have to help me out here, Katie. Killian Mbappe? I don't know who that is. Do you know who that is? No, actor, no actor, idea. Singer? Okay. Mm-mm. Andrew Tate. He He's a big uh, uh, social media guy yeah. who's facing a lot of controversy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was seen as kind of like the face of masculinity for a while. And turns out he's a... Allegedly uh, an abuser of women. Mm-hmm. Big time. Anyway, number two, Jeremy Renner, the guy got poor actor that got run over the by the his own snowplow. Oh, right, yeah. And number Terrible. one, Damar Hamlin, the football player who had a heart attack on the field, was the most searched person. Wow, that was this year. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Most searched celebrity deaths. Count them up. Jerry Springer, number five. Number four, Ken Block. Don't know who that is. Number three, Sinead O'Connor. Number two, Tina Turner. Number one, most uh, searched celebrity death. If you thought about it for two seconds, you'd come up with it. Matthew Perry. Oh, yeah. In terms of just searching for actors, Jeremy Renner was number one, but that was also because of the got run over by his own snowplow. Danny Masterson way higher on the list than he had been for quite some time as he got convicted of rape and sent to prison for most of the rest of his life. Man, I just read an account of a woman escaping from Scientology and all that took and how crazy and sick all that is. Whoo, man, that's an undertold story. Danny Masterson is a is was a Scientologist? Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten yeah. that part of the story. Uh, most search on movies. Number two, number one are the movies that got the most Golden Globe nominations yesterday. Number two, Oppenheimer. Number one, Barbie. Barbenheimer, or Oppenbarbie, really is a thing in terms of... The movies for 2023, they dominated culturally, box office money-wise, and award-wise, it looks like. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get, if you worked at it, two different movies, two more different movies to be number one and number two for the year, critically and uh, box office. Interestingly, <laughs> I mean, really. Ken applied to be part of the Manhattan Project, but couldn't get a security clearance. <laughs> 
because he had no genitalia, and they thought that was weird. <laughs> you can't trust a man with no genitalia. Certainly not. He'll tell the Russians everything he knows. Uh, most search on musician. Number two is Jason Aldean, probably because of that song about try this in a small town. Number one, her hips don't lie, but her tax forms do. That's Michelangelo's joke, Shakira. (laughs) 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 Because she got in so much trouble for her tax fraud. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Who else was in the top ten for music? Kelly Pickler. Remember her from, I don't know what she did this year. She murdered somebody or? I doubt it. How does she end up in the top ten? Oh, Smash Mouth, that guy died, right? Lead singer from mm-hmm. Smash Mouth this yeah, past year. Yep. Most searched TV show. I just bring this up because I don't know. I don't think I've ever even heard of the top five, but I don't watch a lot of TV. Kaleidoscope, One Piece, Ginny and Georgia, number two, Wednesday. Are any of these ringing you've, a bell with you've you? You've made all four of these up. Are these ringing a bell? And I don't appreciate it. No. Are these ringing a bell with anybody, the most searched TV shows? Mm-mm. And number one, The Last of Us. Stop making it. Wow, we got to do a better job of being on top of pop culture somehow on this show. And I can't lead the way. Uh, but uh, The Last of Us, that's HBO's show, um, hugely popular, apparently. And well, none no, of us, people were searching on it because they didn't know what the hell it was either. None of us have even ever heard we're, of these we're shows. We're right in step with America because we don't know what they are either. <laughs> so we Googled them. And now it's Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty, homeboy. Wow, if you went back a few years, the most searched on TV shows, or the most popular TV shows, would have been something everybody, every household of every socioeconomic background would have heard of. Mm. Now I see a list of the top five. We've never even heard the names, let alone watch them. That's weird. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Let's begin with Michelangelo, our technical director. Michael, final thought. Yeah, I was thinking about your problem, Jack, with your son not being able to lift weights. So maybe you could get him some sandbags and fill him with sand, have him chop some wood. And yeah, exactly. Put him to work. Put him to work. A Lincoln-style working out. Yeah, I like that idea. Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman, has a final thought. Katie? So, actually, on that same note, you can have your son give his doctor permission to communicate with you, Jack, and then well, that'll override all of I'm this stuff. I'm aware of that, but the fact okay. that I have to do it is crazy. Fair enough. Yeah. Jack, final thought? Um, Just came across this. Hugh Grant, the actor from the 90s, was asked, why have you not starred in any rom-coms recently? He said, because I'm too old, fat, and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I shouldn't go with this. I really shouldn't. <sighs> no, it's too serious. Never mind. I've rescinded my final thought. My final thought is, go forth and be joyful, folks. Stop thinking about heavy things for a moment or two and enjoy the beauty around you. So I have to get my 11-year-old or 12-year-old to sign some paperwork that I can look at his medical forms. All right. Does that make you all feel like you? this is a more enlightened world somehow? <laughs> Whatever. Armstrong uh, and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. They don't have that rule in Oklahoma, I don't think. Probably so many not. people have thanked so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Got a lot of great clicks under hot links. Pick up an A&G hat or a t-shirt or a sports bra. Helps keep everybody on the payroll. Because I'm too old, fat, and ugly, says Hugh Grant. Does he really There's let him, that. Does he really let himself go? <laughs> I haven't seen him recently. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. God bless America. 
Armstrong and Getty. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and this fills my heart with hope. I hate hope. Don't you think that's a little odd? Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. So let's go out with a bang. St. Nick has got me down, and he's making me eat mistletoe. He's shoving mistletoe in my mouth. I don't know what's, uh, what's happening there. <laughs> Some sort of weird, you're in prison with Santa Claus scenario happening. He's making me put on the Mrs. Claus clothes. Oh, I don't know. That high note? Thank you all very much. Have a terrific day. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.